0: The Ruckus. The Ruckus. Wednesday night, live and direct from Los Angeles and Phoenix, Arizona. It's time for another installment of the Ruckus Podcast. My name is Jay LeBeuf, creator of BadCulture.net. I'm joined by RB to Raging Bay, Michelle Rosado. It's time for another weekend boxing. It's fight week. It's fight week for a lot of people. There's a lot of fights going on this weekend. We're fresh off of the hills of the Pacquiao Bradley fight from Las Vegas, where me and RB were live and direct together. For the first time broadcasting, had a ball. We'll touch upon that a little bit. And the latest in boxing news, we're waiting to confirm our our scheduled guest having a little bit of difficulty right there on the technical end. So we will see what happens with our guest for this evening, Dominic Wade. And once we get that confirmed, we will bring him on to speak with you. So let me bring in my illustrious co-host, our man Ryan Bivens. A uh, little accident in Philly. Somebody rear-ended him, so, you know, shouts and prayers to, to our guy, Ryan Bivens, but he will be back soon. So let me bring in RB. What's going on in the city of Phoenix
1: tonight, RB? Man, it's hot out here. It, it's, it's already, like, smoking hot. It's April. It's like 2058 degrees already, but it's okay. I much rather deal with this than deal with the snow on the East Coast any day. So it's all good over here.
0: I know that's right. Well, we are here. Like we said, it's another Wednesday night. It's a busy week for boxing. It's that time of the year where boxing heats back up again. It's not dead anymore. So, shoot, where should we start? Should we look to the to the future? Should we take a step back to the weekend? Where should we kick it off, RB?
1: No, I, I think we should rewind a little bit and talk a little bit about Vegas and some of the fun we had there and some of our experiences. And then we could maybe touch on some of the things that are going on this Friday and Saturday. And hopefully by then, Dominic Wade will call in. I know that he trains late, and we're just trying to get his final confirmation. Up until today, he was still confirmed. So you know how it is with these dudes.
0: That's right. He could be still in the gym. I don't know. He might be doing some road work. What they fighting at? 160. Hey, you never know. He might be on the treadmill right now for all we know. So on that case, let's take it back to Las Vegas. Yo. I had a ball. I had a ball with you in Vegas. I mean, I knew we were going to go out there and bring the listeners, the boxing, bringing the boxing to the people, the people to the boxing. But I had no idea it was going to be that lit in Las Vegas. My God.
1: From the moment we got there, we were like, oh, shit. Like, the energy was high, the atmosphere. There was a lot of energy in the atmosphere. And we're like, man, this is going to be a really good weekend. And we went in there and we set up. And, you know, we brought out our candy. Don't let us see anybody else we're rolling out some candy with their podcast. But we rolled out all this candy, and we wanted everyone to just feel so good. And when you give kids candy, they, norm- they normally are happy. And the same thing goes with adults. So we're like, man, we're going to get everybody in a good mood. We brought out some fishies and jelly beans and gumballs, and everybody just loved it. And we got to speak with Bob Arum, and we got, we got to playing dominoes with Terrence Crawford, uh, else? We got to playing fishbowl games with just everybody and anybody wanted to be around our table. We had a blast day. It was just so much fun. You know, the best
0: part about the setup with the table was. I mean, I know people like candy and all, but my God, I had no idea that that much candy would bring so much joy and happiness to the faces of grown men. Like they, everybody who passed there was like, yo, and picked up the bag. And it was so cute. It took me back to being like in elementary school and man, that cap, that candy opened everybody all the way up. As soon as they started eating, they just sat down and it was on and, popping rb got the scoop got the word on the curve for us in vegas for the people who don't know but if they listen to this show i'm sure they do what's the words you got from the from the candy
1: rb well yeah so we were talking to bob aaron out there and towards the end i said look you know i don't want to be debbie downer but what is going on with mikey garcia and he was like well we released them i'm like huh i was like come again and he was like we released him. He's free to do what he wants. He can fight where he wants. I'm like, okay, like when did you release him? Like today? And he's like, yeah, today. And so everybody in top rank must've went crazy with the paperwork because they're like, Oh shit. I don't even know if Mikey Garcia has been served with them papers. And Robert Garcia was out there and somebody, I think Ellie stepped back, ran over to him and was like, Hey, you know, Bob just told Rage and Babe and Jay that, you know, y'all released him. And Robert Garcia was like, we didn't hear nothing about that. Like we have no idea. Well, anyway, Mikey Garcia, he's now celebrating. He thinks the Great is greener on the other side. But Bob sure did break us that news. All it took was a little bit of jelly beans and some gumballs, and he just started pouring yes. out.
2: Man, he was
0: all the way mad. Bob was, Bob was in a great mood. Bob ate the candy. Bob had some jelly beans. Bob was talking politics. Bob was breaking down stuff, the Carl Moretti story. If you haven't listened to Bob's interview in its entirety, go to the Bad Culture, go to badculture.net, click the Bad Culture TV icon and find Bob Arrow's complete interview. But yeah, he was open all the way up. He had a great time. We thought he was going to be tired because we were like his last stop in a media row for the evening. And, you know, he saved the best for last as he should, as he should.
1: I don't know know. I don't know, Arby blast the five he must have come back to our at least or five times just some candy and he he really would love us like, you girls are something else and we just wanted to bring something a little different you know everybody again wants to always be so negative about what's not happening in boxing and what it's not and we just kind of focus on okay what it is and let's have fun with these people and let's open them up and that's what we did I mean the HBO came over to us and said, okay, we're going to bring Roy Jones over to you in five minutes. And we're like, I mean, Jay, we me looked at each other like, yo, we didn't even prep for Roy Jones, you know, but we had the best interview with him. He absolutely said it was one of his best interviews with anybody in the media. Um, the video is also up on the Bad Culture TV network on YouTube, so check it out. We had a blast with Roy. I mean, we were high-fiving, we, we were messing, we were. he was rapping. <laughs> it was it was great. I can't look. I've seen that interview
0: myself about a good 50 times now. And it's funny. Every, it's informative. It's funny every time you see it. If you have not seen this interview with Roy Jones Jr., you need to get your life together. You can find out, you know, what happened <laughs> yeah. with him not getting a Mike Tyson fight. He gave us that scoop. He said Dan Raphael threw him with, to the wolves with that pound-for-pound pound ranking. He bitter, bitter, bitter. So, I mean, you got to listen to the interview and you got to hear the fishbowl question. What would you do if you had 24 hours to live? If you haven't seen the interview, I'm not going to spoil it for you. You need to see Roy's authentic and unique answer to what he would do if he only had 24 hours left to live, because I guarantee it's not what you would expect.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we also actually had a good time with Terrence Crawford, believe it or not. Yeah, And a lot of people in the media came up to us and said, how did you get him to talk? How did you do this? How do you get him to laugh for you? And, you know, you just got to get to know these fighters. And um, we definitely figured him out. And we, we were ready for him. We were ready for Terrence Crawford. Right. We put out a game of bones. We were playing dominoes at the table. He definitely kicked my ass. He had no respect for RB. He was like, I'm going to kick this girl's I'm not even going to let her win. <laughs> so, But it was cool. We got to talk a little bit about the Postal fight. So let's touch on that a little bit, Jay. Yeah. Crawford, yeah. Las Vegas, they were out in Las Vegas to try to finalize the postal fight and everybody on Twitter was having a freaking meltdown that Crawford mm-hmm. wanted too much money, that he was the one holding up the negotiations, this, that and the third. And I mean, really, the fight was about 99% done. If you go watch the videos with of Mac, he mentions that. And it was just one little hump that they needed to get over. And Postal's manager, I think, was in Russia and so it was going to take them a couple of days to get back to sign the contract or review it. And from what I'm told, they still have not signed or returned that contract. So the ball is mm. in Victor Possible's court.
0: You know what kills me is is when these people don't don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but they got all this commentary on Twitter. They're not at the negotiations table. I mean, I'm gonna go over to somebody's job and be like, "Yo." Why haven't I got my hamburger within these 30 seconds that you said I'm supposed to have it? Man, you back there ducking me as your customer. You ducking me. You don't want to make me a hamburger. If you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, don't say a fighter is ducking a fight. So you you just never know what the hiccup is. Oh, he's asking for too much money. I mean, shit. You have a job. If you ask for a raise, are you asking for too much money? So why should this be any different? These people putting their life on the line. So and stop So stop counting other people's money. But to get off of that uh, soapbox, I'm glad the fight looks like it's going to be done unless Postal is ducking Crawford. I mean, hey, we've been gone now. What's today? Wednesday? I've been back from Vegas since Monday. You've been back from Vegas since Sunday. We had the time vote with uh, Terrence Crawford on Saturday. It's not like these people work bankers hours. So
1: what's up? Yeah, don't know really what the holdup is. Um, It it should have been done. I I guess there's like one little snag. And, you know, pay-per-view fights are not easy to make. Okay? It's not like, oh, you're going to fight for X amount of money. No, there's there's so many other different factors and there's so many different ways to skin a cat when you're doing pay-per-view. It's not as easy as you're going to make X amount of dollars, sign on the dotted line. It, it's, it's not right. that easy. Most fighters are not fortunate enough to even fight on pay-per-view and have to have this type of a problem. But there is a process. There are procedures. It is complicated. That's why there's managers and lawyers and everything else. So, with this, they do take a little longer time. Now, the good news is, is that they both have to fight each other. So, right. th- that, that was the starting point because when, when Crawford did want to fight him, last year, you know, Pasta wanted to tune up. Okay, well, now he's ready to fight. So at least they both agreed to fight each other.
0: Exactly, exactly. Another fight, we got some scoop. Well, not really some scoop on, but we talked to it. We had a chance to sit down and do a three-part interview with Kenny Porter, who lives out in Vegas. We're trying to find out the venue and what's going to happen with the Sean Porter, Keith Thurman, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter fight. As of today, April 13th, still no venue for this fight. RB, what's up with that?
1: Well, I'm told that uh, there has been a venue selected. I think they're going to announce it Saturday at the Brooklyn fight. Ooh. So that pretty much tells you that the fight is going to land in Brooklyn. When we spoke to Kenny, was in Vegas, he was like, I don't know. I haven't heard it from anybody. I haven't heard a piece from Keith Thurman. Nobody in the ocean, you know, there's a good chance it could be in or Brooklyn, but I think it has found a home, and it is probably going to, well, I say probably, it is landing in Brooklyn, and they are probably going to most likely formally announce that Saturday Spence Algieri flight, and the sticker said to go on sale later next week for Thurman Porter.
0: Man, Algerie Spence, we'll talk about that when we get ready to get near to the close of the show, but yes, yeah, Spence Algeri, we do... Uh, we do have that uh, to look forward to. We had Errol Spence on the show. We had Chris Algieri on the show. Two great interviews. We found out that they, hey, we should have them both on the show when we do another video version. When we got them, we got to have a cook-off. So if you listen to the show and you have access to a dope-ass kitchen with some nice Viking appliances, let us get Algieri and Spence in there and let's have a cook-off no matter what happens with the fight because both these dudes <laughs> think they can cook. But... Hey, I don't think they can cook better than me, but I don't know. You gonna make the sofrito if we had a cook off with Spencer now, Jerry?
1: Oh yeah, I think me and Algeria we're gonna make some pigs. Like we're gonna do like a pig roast cook off. Oh yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So so, yeah, I mean we we have so much going on in Vegas. I mean. Our table was hot to death. I mean, we couldn't even get out of the media room. At one point, we were sitting there. We finished with Bob. We finished with Roy. We finished with Jolene. We finished with Ray Flores, Christina Poncher, Kenny Porter, uh, Jesse Vargas. We looked around. We were the only people in the media
1: room. Where was all the media at? Yo, well, how about this, though? I'm going to our own horn a little bit. We were given a spot on Radio Row, which that typically does not happen for any podcast except for HBO's podcast. And that is literally who they sat us right next to. And I know those dudes were probably mad. I don't know what. We had Candy. We had Music. <laughs> we had Rui rapping. Must have forgot. We were probably like, oh my god, these folks. But we had so much fun. We got a different type of energy. They did have different radio stations from like Houston and Phoenix and LA and you know, they had the hip hop stations there and then we came in like raw, boxing talk, authentic, genuine, honest. We were laughing. I mean, we just had the best time. Everybody loves there. You know, they want us to come back for Canelo Khan, so I think we're gonna do that. And uh, I think we're just on to something good and again we have to thank our listeners because if it wasn't for you guys, you know, constantly tweeting about us and listening to us and encouraging us, you know, we would not be doing what we're doing and going where we're going. So goodbye to you.
0: Yes. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, listeners. It was a good time. It was just an honor to be there with these esteemed radio, quote unquote, real radio. But I mean, we had it popping. It was popping in our corner.
1: I, you know, Talk, the, talking about popping, the, Jay, Jay, I'm sorry, mm. talking about popping Mike Rodriguez, the command uh, from Cal, he may be calling in. And Matt Rowland from Banner Promotions, he might be calling in as well tonight. So hope Matt ain't going to c- call and chew my ear off about Ruslan. But hopefully hopefully we're all in good spirits tonight, anybody calling in. So if you want to call and talk to us while we're waiting for Dominic Wade to call in, the number is 718-508-952 uh, and press 1 to speak your piece
0: speak one of we gonna make it we gonna make it we got somebody from the three two three that's my hood so i wonder if this is the the cut man the crime solving cut man himself let me pick it up all right three two three five seven four you're on with the ruckus who am i speaking to and where are you calling from
3: i'm calling from the city of angels and i think your partner there needs to be a detective as well because she's got great instinct it's big mike
1: hey what's up
3: War
0: What's tape. Happening, ladies? Man, out here just trying to wrap our hands and keep them safe with some war tape. You know, we never know when we go ahead head into battle, so we just trying to stay wrapped up. Absolutely. You've got,
3: you got a lot of these people that are in the fight game that talk a lot of mess. That war tape could also be used to cover their mouths as well. Exactly. You heard it
4: here the no, no, not you guys.
3: Definitely not you guys. You know how the fight game is. You guys know how the fight game is. But you guys are doing a great job, a really good job. You guys are really blowing up, and uh, and I, I think I t- tweeted something else that the other day that you know when you surround yourself with great people and you work hard and you do things the right way, that then, then good things happen. And congratulations to you guys. Thank you. Oh, so,
1: thank you. You've been one of our day one supporters, and you.
3: So, right. you,
1: I mean, you are on our TV screen every weekend, which leads me to uh, you're also working the corner of Dominic Wade next weekend. And we were hoping to get him on tonight. We're still trying to track him down. Uh, so, anyway, maybe you could speak in his behalf. I don't know how much you know about him or not, but how did you link up with Dominic Wade?
3: Well, you know what? Uh, my good friend, uh, Sam Watson, and obviously everybody knows I work with a lot of Al Heyman guys, a lot of PBC guys. And I think through my work that I did with, uh, you know, by the likes of you know Julian Williams and, and, and Gerald Washington and John Molina and other people, uh, his manager had reached out to me for the Sam Solomon fight, and we sat down and we talked, and they said they wanted to bring me aboard the team, and I I knew uh, his trainers, uh, Jay Stansel and, and and Kevin Smalls from before, from working with a host of other DC. Uh, maryland and virginia guys and it was a good fit and i'm back with the team and i'm really looking forward to uh fight week next week here in la against triple g and i you know dom is uh he's a really good fighter just because a fighter is unknown i always tell people don't sell him short because i remember back in the day uh when everybody was thought michael nunn was the best fighter pound for pound and i always remember the james tony fight and nobody knew who james tony was and after that fight they 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 did
1: well, you know, we really wanted to speak to him tonight because a lot of the fans and a lot of people in the industry, they love to talk about the Lovkin's amateur career, his amateur background. And a lot of people don't know about Dominic Wade's amateur background. And we wanted to let him pump his chest tonight. And we wanted him, you know, to give us um, some notable wins and some notable notable guys that he that he fought against and that he won. And, you know, he I think he ties Oscar De La Hoya for, like, the most, national championship, with senior amateur. So we really wanted to share that with everyone. So that's too bad. But, um, you know, what else can you tell us about him?
3: Well, you know what? It's funny that you say that because I'm in a gym yesterday and I'm uh, working with uh, Peter Petrov, the Russian from Spain, who won the boxino, and who's in the gym training as former Olympian Sean Estrada. And Sean hits me up and he says, hey, Mike, I heard you're working with Dominic. You're going to be his cutman. I said, yeah, I am. He goes, man, give him my best. He goes, me and Dominic had some wars, both in fights and in the gym, you know, competing with the U.S. team. And he said, you know, much respect to Dominic. He goes, because a lot of people don't know him. But he goes, a lot of people are going to find out that he has a great pedigree he has, and, and he can fight. So, you know what, we're going to give it our best shot. It's a world title fight. And sometimes when timing meets opportunity, you can strike lightning in a bottle.
1: That's true. You know, I I know that he has been going to Philly quite a bit for sparring, and I I wanted to ask him, you know, how does Philly Philly treat him? Philly's not an easy city. You just can't walk into any gym and get work. But I see that he's doing that. So that's pretty, like, gangster of him, you know, and I think he's got some Philly guys in his camp.
3: Yeah, uh, one of my other fighters who's – I'm going to be in Bethlehem for Fox Sports 1 on Tuesday, uh, Kyron Davis, who's just a phenomenal talent. Um, and he's going to be a future world champion, and I'm going to be working with him and then the main event with Ivan Redcatch. I know they got a lot of good rounds in um, within the last month or so, and I think everything went great for both of them.
1: You mentioned that you work with a lot of Heyman fighters. Do you work with any fighters these days that are not Heyman? I mean, are we going to see you on the Canelo, car, the Canelo Khan card,
3: the Con card? Yeah, absolutely. Team? I'm going to be, be on the main event the night before card with Peter Petrov, who's going to fight Mark. Uh, one of Golden Boy's fighters and uh, Peter's going to be one of the mandatory challengers uh, for a world title here coming up. Um, I just reunited with El Bandido, Francisco Vargas. I did not work his last fight um, and we, he reached out to me and wanted me back on the team. So I will be with him against Salido, um on June 4th. I'm working with a host of, uh, of top rank fighters and Russian fighters. And I know you mentioned uh, the Victor Postal Terrence Crawford fight and uh Uh, Victor's manager, Vadim Korbolev, who's a really good manager. He manages a great stable of Russian fighters. I work with a lot of their fighters, I'll actually be going against them on June 11 when Ruslan fights John Molina.
1: We're going to have to break up that week.
3: Yeah. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That's that's the fight game. And, you know, the funny thing is, because I have a lot of friends, and sometimes, you know, we end up having to go against each other. But I always tell people, you know, when you're in that position – you know, you, uh, it's good for everybody. And it's sometimes that, you know, just business wise, you have to do that. And I think it's a great fight postal and Crawford and I hope the pay-per-view successful because nobody has more respect for Terrence Crawford and what he's done. And let me tell you something. Nobody knew who Terrence Crawford was about three or four years ago. And he Mm -hmm. ends up taking a fight because somebody else had pulled out. And I know that because I was getting calls for, Hey, what do you know about this Crawford guy and who can he fight and who would be a good opponent and all these other things? And I was like, I really don't know much about him other than he was top rank. He's with Cameron Duncan. And I know Cameron to be a great manager because I work with a lot of his fighters. And look what happened. I mean, opportunity met timing. And look where he's at now. And much respect to him and his whole camp because, you know, they've done it the right way. They've done it the hard way. And now they're reaping the benefits.
1: Well, and, you know, that's one thing that I wanted to tell Dominic Wade tonight was, seize the moment, seize the opportunity because you don't get opportunities like this often and you have to see someone you do. So whether win, lose, or draw, you know, go out on your shield, put good effort, you know, show good sportsmanship and you'll be all
4: right.
3: Yeah. And I think to even take it uh, ladies to take it even one step closer, one step farther than that. That's great to have that attitude, but also to have that champion attitude, we're not going there for moral victories though either. You know we're going there to win a world title, and you know right. Triple G as great as he is, you know he puts those trunks on and those gloves on, just like we're going to do. And I think right. we're not just going there just to have a good performance. You know Dominic and his whole team and his manager Jerry and his trainers and myself, you know we're going there to win a world title.
1: Well, what do I you do, that. Mike? What do you do, Mike, when you have two of your clients that are going to fight each other? Like, how do you pick, like, you put your son in one corner, like the Watson brothers? Like, you got one in one corner and you're in the other? Like, what (laughs) do you
5: do?
3: It's it's funny that you say that because there's a fight in the works between two of my fighters, um, a Russian and another kid from back east. And I don't think they've announced the fight, but they're going to fight each other. And it's like my worst, it's like my worst nightmare. But,
1: uh, uh, give us the word.
3: Give us the word. (laughs) Yeah. And, And, you know, what? actually, I have my son, Andrew, who's doing cuts now, and he's done some really good work. Um, And the Russian camp said, hey, Mike, uh, we understand you're working with this other kid as well. We'll use your son and me and my son for the second time. We'll be going against each other. We did it on a Fox Sports 1 fight um, out in L.A. with my guy, Malcolm McAllister, and he actually worked cuts for the other guy. So, you know what? It's a problem kind of solved on that one. But you know, when you work with a lot of guys, and there's a few of us that do work with a lot of guys, um, you know that that may happen, and, and it's never an easy decision. And and like anything else, people's feelings do get hurt, but you just hope that everybody's professional and just know that I can't be in two places at at the same time, and and we end up working it out.
0: Well, you so know, cornet are you going to be in?
3: <laughs> um, I'm going to be on the fight with the East Coast fighter. You're not going to trip me up like that when the fight's <laughs> announced, we're <someone> we'll <laughs> talk about it. But I will be on the I will be on the in the corner of the East Coast guy, and more than likely, uh, my son is um they've, the the Rus- the Russian management, uh, not Vadim uh, Korbalov another Russian management thinking up of my son and his work to bring him in. Um, and he's actually going to be out there working with me on a world title fight. They just announced on the June 11th card at the Turning Stone on Showtime. I will have John Molina, I will have Willie yeah. Nelson against against. Um, Demetrius Andrade, and they just announced That's that right. the, the like that. That, uh, that Dejan Latikinen, who's going to fight for the WBC lightweight title uh, that that Linares had to vacate because of an injury. Um, uh, mm. I will be out there with him and my son. They're going to bring him in to help me because so it's going to be kind of tough for me working three 12-round fights back to back to back. So I'm going to have him as a little wow. bit of a backup to help me yeah, with yeah. my supply and my gear, my gear and stuff, and, and help me get through it.
1: I, I actually really, really like Willie Nelson, and I've been saying for a long time that he deserved a big fight on a big stage, and um, he finally got it against Andre. I think it'll be a really good fight. andre has been an actor for a while. But, Mike, I wanted to touch on your sentiments about, you know, when your clients actually go against each other. And one of my biggest fears the past couple of years, and thank God it didn't happen, thank God it's never going to happen, I thought, what the hell am I going to do if Gabe Rosado and Julian Williams fight?
6: You know, I thought, like,
1: please. I was like, the boxing gods just don't let that happen because it is hard when you work with different athletes and clients, and then they end up having to fight each other. It's like, man, it's a bad situation to be in. Um, you know, because you want to be loyal all the way around the board, but it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah,
3: it, yeah. it, it, it is tough, and you know, you just kind of have to go. And the one of the reasons I'm going to be working with the East Coast fighter is because the Russian had went back to Russia for about a year and I stopped working with them. And in the interim, I started working with the, the other fighters. So now that they're going to fight, even though I went back and worked with the Russian again, I kind of have my own pecking order and my own, and my own scale, you know, a lot of it has to do with loyalty and, and longevity. And if somebody that's bringing you in consistently all the time, because what a lot of people don't know is when these fighters travel, sometimes, you know, it's, it's happened over the years with a cut, they don't want to bring a cut man because they'd rather bring out their girlfriend or a friend <laughs> on the promoter's dime. And sometimes they're like, well, I want you out there, but there's not enough tickets to go around. So, you know, I have to factor those things in, you know, as, as, as well when, when, when making a decision. And it's never an easy one, but, you know, most of the time if I have a person, you know, a fighter like Julian Williams or a guy like Gerald Washington, you know, where I've worked you know, all of their fights throughout their whole career, and they've always treated me good. You know, it was, it was, unless, unless Julian Williams fights one of my sons, one of the Rodriguez boys,
4: you know, <laughs>
3: I'm always going to go with Julian Williams. And I talked to him about that the other day, and I said, you know what, uh, and it still may be 50 50, I still may end up choosing Julian. That's how close yeah. we are. We're giving you know, that turkey.
1: Remember- turkey too much air time right now. So, um, the one thing I want to see is offline, you know, I think. It would be really cool for us to maybe one day talk about like, some cut man training. Because I know for me, I mean, I think what you do is just so special and so crafty. And it's like, you know, how does one learn how to do that? And I think you talked about this before that some older generation cut men are retiring, they walk away from the sport. And you know, yeah. who's young guys have worked the cut and have their hands and do it correctly? You know that's kind yeah, of scary. Yeah, ab-
3: absolutely. I would I would love to talk, and not even about myself, but just about the next generation of guys, and kind of the guys, the old guard that kind of got us there. You know, and being able to pass this on to another generation, so people, you know, do it the right way and, and realize it is a very a very unique skill set, and, and and carry on that tradition. Yeah.
1: So, well, we have a great time in Vegas. And we didn't get to see you last weekend, but we had a ball of fun. And we always love when you call in. And War Tape has been a really big supporter of ours, and we constantly play your commercial. And we, we want to thank you before we let you go. And, Jay, do you have anything for Mike? She might, she might Mike,
0: it's just more. always a pleasure. <laughs> Mike, it's always a pleasure talking with you, your utmost professional. We admire what you do. And thank you for being such a great supporter of the show. We do appreciate it.
3: No, absolutely, and you guys have definitely earned not just my respect, but the fight community's respect, and because you know the fight community can be a, 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 a very, very terrible beast sometimes, and it's hard to navigate through, and we've all had our ups and downs, but you guys do a great job, and I'll continue to support and uh, let all the fans know out there just to keep supporting. Don't hate, just support, and uh, our, our sport will keep growing. Have a, have a great night, ladies.
1: You Thanks so much for calling in. All right.
0: Cut man, man, I'm, I, man, I'm hype. I'm, a, I'm gonna wrap my hands and go do some, some road work when
1: we hang up. Oh man, well, any, listen, guys, if you want to call in and talk to us, whether you want to talk Pac, Pacquiao broadly, if you want to talk about the fight this weekend, Algeria fence, uh, what else? Cunningham Milwaukee. Oh my gosh, You know that mm. that event is so quiet, Jay. And there's three really good fights on that card, and it has been really quiet. I, I don't know what the feeling is like in Brooklyn. If anybody from Brooklyn is listening and want to let us know, you know what the atmosphere is like out there, I'd love to hear it. Uh, it just sounds like everything's real quiet.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's a fantastic gar- card. Uh, man, that milwaukee Cunningham, that might be the show stealer. You know, we've had Steve Cunningham on a number of times. He's going to have the opportunity to compete for the WBO cruiserweight title. A very, very important uh, fight for Steve Cunningham? Is this a do or die fight for Steve Cunningham, Arby?
1: Oh man, probably, probably. So Steve's going to be 39, 40 years old. Um, He hasn't taken a lot of punishment, but you know, he's getting up there and he's moving back down to cruiserweight. He didn't feel like he got a fair shake at heavyweight. Um, So it's a do or die for him this week.
6: All right.
0: Well, shoot, while we are sitting here, we got somebody else in the queue calling from the 812. I'm going to pick them up. Eight one two seven six. So you're on with through. crew.
6: Who are we speaking to? Hey, what's up, ladies? This is uh, Joey from Indiana. Hey, um, hey hi, Joey. I, yeah, hey, first off, I want to give y'all two a shout-out, man, because I followed y'all all last week, and you two were grinding. Like, that's. Hard. I appreciate that. That's hard work, man, and you guys are just really getting it. And a shout-out to y'all, but uh, before I uh, talk about the fight, uh, let me ask y'all a question. Who was, like, out of all the fighters and promoters that you interviewed, who was, like, the most, like, I don't want to say intimidating, but who was, like, the most, like, the hardest one? Where like, that made y'all a little nervous. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you want to go first? I don't know if we have the same person. I would say of
0: all the people we spoke to, I was most intimidated to speak with Bob Aram just because he's been in the business for so long and he's probably seen a lot of things come and go. And, you know, Bob is up there and Bob might not have been in the mood by the time he got to us, but he had an absolute boss. I'd say out of everyone, I was most intimidated by Bob, but Bob turned out to, you heard the interview. Bob turned out
1: to be cool. How about (laughs) you, RB? I'm going to have to say it was definitely Roy Jones Jr., when they said we're gonna bring Roy over here in the next five ten minutes, I wanted to like crawl into a corner, and I was just like, oh my gosh, we I didn't know what I wanted to say to him. I mean, he's one of my all time favorites, and you know, and he's still fighting today, so you don't want to really focus on that because I want to remember the good stuff, with Roy, and we and I wanted to make sure that we got to make him laugh. And but he's a legend, you know what I mean? Like he's a living legend, and you know, Bob Bob's like 108 years old. I knew we we're gonna have fun oh, with him. Right. And, You know he was going to be cool, but I would say Roy Jones intimidated me the most. Okay, and
6: then going going on to the fight, like uh, how was what do you think happened with Bradley? Man, like I was really pulling for him, like him and Teddy. I just for me watching on TV, I just I just felt like he looked at like he lost his confidence. Like I never seen Bradley like that before. Mm. Mm. I don't.
1: After the first knockdown, Bradley started doing Bradley you know, where he got a little reckless. You know, I don't know what Teddy Atlas was saying in the corner because we I was actually there from here. But I think after that first knockdown, you know, he just goes into Tim Bradley mode. And I don't really think there was a the game plan anymore. I think he was just fighting to fight and get through the fight. But I will say that Pacquiao still looked special. You know, maybe he didn't like mm. look special against Floyd Mayweather because Floyd is like another type of special. But I think Manny's mm-hmm. still a special fighter, and I think he's got Tim Bradley's number.
6: It's that easy. I don't think a could
1: beat Tim Bradley.
6: Yeah, I would like to see him and Vargas fighting a rematch. I I just don't want to, I want to see him and Teddy keep going, though. Like, I hope that marriage doesn't break up. I really like Teddy. Big fan of Teddy. And I want to see them give it a go. But, uh, Jay and uh, RV, what do you think, um, I I know know you mentioned that the Spence fight, the buzz is not really there. How much do you think they're going to fill in the arena this weekend?
1: How many fans mm. are going to show up? I I'm pretty sure that they're going to probably curtain off like the whole upper section of the mm. Barclays. Um, I'm I really don't know where ticket sales are. I should probably hit Lou DeBella up before I go ahead and just like make a projection. But I think worst case scenario they'll cover up the building. You know they use different types of ticket outlets to do that when the tickets aren't moving well. So um, I don't know how to get back to you on that. I'm going to actually text Lou Bella and see how the tickets are moving.
6: Okay, one more thing, ladies, before I let y'all go. Uh, My boy, A.B., just can't stay out of trouble, man. He's killing me. Uh, (laughs) A.B. is not all the way up right now. This is crazy. I, I don't, I mean, I've never seen nothing like this where it's like, one week after, I mean, it's it's a week to week game with this guy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, it's it's just getting out of control. Um, but RV, did you say uh, next week you think the Porter Thurman fight uh, tickets will go on sale?
1: Yeah, I was told that later next week that they would go on okay. sale. The later part okay. of next. Week. As far as AB is concerned, you know, I like to joke around and talk my shit about AB. But yesterday, when the news came out that he was arrested again. I think mm-hmm. that on my Twitter. Like, yo, we need to actually stop playing for this kid now because it is no longer funny and I don't I'm not the most religious person, you know, I don't go to church every Sunday, but it's starting to get a little scary because the mugshot alone, you know, he looks like he's aged you know twenty five years in the past two years. He looks tired. He looks like he's living a hard life. And he keeps getting into trouble and I don't wanna see him on T V, you know, ten years from now crying that he's broke, he's filing bankruptcy and it it's gonna it looks like it's gonna be a really sad sad story if somebody doesn't stop in to help him.
6: Right. Yeah, I just I, I know agree. man, I'll pull for him. But ladies, hey, thanks again for taking my call and like I said, uh Yeah, hard work's not going unnoticed, man. I mean, that's some straight grinding you guys are doing, and that motivates me, you know what I'm saying? So y'all keep up the great job, and uh, I'll be in touch with y'all on Friday on the morning show. All right. Okay, Okay, thank you.
0: Yeah, A.B., man. AB I don't know I don't know what to say about AB and I feel the same way you know I have my my commentary about AB but he, uh, the kid is talented love him or hate him he's a talented guy and you know when it gets to that point what is what is the intervention for something like that because he's a grown ass man he has children and responsibilities but well, how I, I about, don't even know where to touch on how that
1: about, how about a slap on the wrist to start I mean, can can he at mm. least get a slap on the wrist? I think he has a lot of enablers, and I think he has a mm. lot of yes men on his team that mm-hmm. you know aren't really helping him. And it, you know, oh God, it just really really frustra- frustrates me because, like you said, he is a decent fighter. He does have talent outside of the ring. You know, it's another story. It's another just you, you see where it's going, Jay. I mean, it's it's no secret.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You are listening to the Ruckus
1: podcast,
0: J.R.B. We talking boxing, still trying to see what's going on with Dominic Wade, who's supposed to fight Gennady Golovkin, not this weekend, but next weekend right here in my hood in Inglewood, California. If you are in the Southern California area and you are planning going on going to the Triple G versus Wade fight, tweet me and I'll buy you a damn beer at the forum if you're going to be at the fight and you bought tickets screenshot take a shot of your tickets and hit me on twitter and i promise you i will buy you a beer in my hood or i might bring a flask i don't know i'm kind of hood that way i'm either or i'm gonna get you something or maybe i'll bring you a little prize or something from the from the ruckus podcast maybe a signed glove you never never know so hit me up if you got tickets to the fight take a shot of them tickets and uh tweet it to me now or tweet rb and we're gonna see what we can do man rb i'm still honestly rb i'm still in the vegas afterglow. i had so much fun with you in vegas and what you all some i'm sure most of you realize we don't live in the same place i live in la rb lives in phoenix so every week when we do shows together we're doing them remotely and it was just so fun to actually sit and do a show with you and and rock it out that way, and so shout out to you because that was dope. I had a great time.
1: Shout out to you, you know, and and the caller hit it right on the head. Is that we were there in the morning, we were probably the last ones to leave in the evening. We make sure we spoke to everyone. We had fun with people. We really put in the work there. And I realized how sleep deprived I was until I got back here on Sunday, and I was dragging on Monday, dragging on Tuesday. Even today, I feel like I'm catching up. I mean, we weren't going to bed till two, three o'clock in the morning. We were prepping for the next That's day right. and having fun, and it was really, really, really a blast. And it's it, it, we wanted to do, and I think we're um, gonna see us more. You know, on one of over, so.
0: definitely we one of our one of my favorite interviews that we did during the weekend was with. Uh, Babyface Ray Flores, speaking of uh, Spence Algeria,' because I think he's calling that fight this weekend. Babyface Ray Flores, if this man did not go all the way in on this Canelo versus Khan matchup, good grief. What did you think of Ray Flores' interview, Marby?
1: He was epic. I actually sent your YouTube link of Ray Flores' uh, interview with us to a couple people in the industry today because – I just said, look, if you guys need to pick me up this afternoon after lunch, click right here. You guys have to go listen to this Ray Flores interview. He talked about Canelo Khan and he hold back he held back nothing. Nothing. I mean nothing. He, he put it out there that, you know, Khan is gonna get slayed and he's back to the lamb. I mean, holy cow. I mean he just really went in. It but it was really funny. I wasn't expecting all that. <laughs>
0: I wasn't either. I know he has a lot of personality, but he gave us. It started off quietly. And here's the best part of the interview for those of you listening. We're in this media room. So just to set the scene for you, we're in this big media room. It's like a conference room where all the radio people are around the room. We're at a top-ranked fight. Now, Ray Flores is an announcer for, for PBC, but he works for ESPN, ESPN Chicago, where he's from. So he's there for ESPN. But he got so into doing this interview with us and talking about well, pbc i think we forgot for a second where we were because we had to yo bring it down they're gonna put us out
1: but oh. he was so <laughs> yeah
0: oh my gosh i thought we were gonna get put out
1: that was actually really funny yeah because he was in there jay you're right he was like and pbc we're like we're the top rank and like chill like i do mean, it's so funny listen, listen if you do not uh follow Bad Culture TV on YouTube, you better go subscribe. Uh, We've got a bunch of stuff with Kenny Porter on there, which to me, Jay, Kenny Porter still, to me, does not believe that Keith Thurman got into that car accident. He even questioned us and said, Mm -hmm. you saw the car. You saw that car, that white car that doesn't have one scratch on it. So you tell me what car accident was there that that white car doesn't have a scratch. And oh my goodness, he just he had a lot to say about that. Um, he says he hasn't heard a Pete from Keith Sermon, and he just hopes that he gets into the ring in June. And if for whatever reason this fight does not happen, he wants to keep that June twenty fifth date, and he wants Heyman to commit to Sean that he will let him have that date, and that he will con- that he still will headline on that show. Mm-hmm. Okay, he just said in writing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's see. I know. I- Day was a trip, Bo Mac McIntyre, Terrence Crawford's trainer, he was a trip. Again, go subscribe to the Bad Culture TV network on um, on YouTube. You can catch everything there. It was great. You could watch Terrence kicking my ass in Dominoes. Oh, Bob Aaron, we talked about the elections. He told us how Donald Trump had swindled him in main events out of two point five million dollars, why he's voting for Hillary Clinton, why we should all vote for Hillary. Uh so there's some good stuff there. There really is.
0: Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, and, yes, so, there is. and so, you know. So now yes. at this so point now, of the show, for, for those of you who are listening, the- what, what fight are you looking most forward to over the weekend, RB?
1: I'm looking forward to that entire Brooklyn card. I'm looking forward to Spence Algeri. I'm looking forward to Cunningham-Golaki. Marcus Brown is in a really tough fight with this Russian kid who I cannot pronounce his last name. But I think we had three really good fights on deck in Brooklyn. I just wish we were there. I mean, I really wanted to see what they were going to pull there as far as, you know, ticket sales and what type of crowd they were going to have. Because everybody's saying Earl Spence is the future. You know, I, I kind of wanted to see if Brooklyn was going to show up for him.
6: Brooklyn.
0: I'm going to pick up a caller. We have another caller in the queue. I'm going to pick it up and see who we have here. 917-880. Hello? Who are we speaking to?
5: Hello? Hello? Hey, it's Lou.
1: Hey, Lou. Isabella. Yeah, we know. You're number <laughs> one fan.
5: Hello, ladies. How are you? Oh, We're good. Um, The, 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 the fight's selling okay. It's not going to sell out. Um, And I don't think that's that surprising because, honestly, you know, as good as he is as a prospect, you know, this is a sort of a coming out party for Spence, and um, a lot of people really don't know, him. and uh, but I but you know we're we're going to have a great crowd. I, I think we'll, we'll still have a very you know loud and, and, and a nice crowd in the lower bowl, so I think we'll do fine. But it, but I agree with Senator who just expressed that the three televised fights on NBC are really all extremely interesting. You know I mean Algeria, you know I, I thought he gave Khan hell, and he's you know looked you know damn good in his recent fights, and and I think he's a guy that's actually getting better. So I, I think Spence is going to have his hands full, you know. But the you know, the kid's tremendously talented. But, the, but I think that's a tough fight. I think the the Gawaski and Cunningham fight's a fifty fifty fight. And um, the last name that's so hard to pronounce. It's I think it's. See,
1: you can't even pronounce it.
5: No, I can't. It's it's it's. it's... <laughs> Rad, Rad, Radish Voya, I can't pronounce. You know what? I... Hot Rod. Um, it's. I don't. I, I, it's really almost unpronounceable, to be honest with you. I had to like ask the kid seven times today, and I promote him. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it does. It's not pronounced. It, it's sort of like lewaski doesn't have a uh, um, an S in it. It's spelled Lewaki, but it's pronounced Lewoski. Um It's Katajish. I think it's it's Katagish, but uh, okay. you would you wouldn't think that from reading the name. But but the kid is actually a very very good fighter. He's undefeated himself. I mean, this is the first time Marcus Brown has had to face a live guy who is a you know a good amateur himself. That's never lost as a professional. That's faced the same level of opposition that Marcus has faced as a pro. So I, I, it's really interesting to see how Marcus you know responds to having to fight a guy that thinks he can win.
1: You know,
0: someone. I, I,
5: I, mean, I believe it'll be a real good show.
1: I believe Jay asked me earlier. You know, is is this do or die for Steve Cunningham this weekend?
5: I think so. I mean, don't, you know, I think that he's sort of getting to the point in his career where um, this is a, another title opportunity. He's not a young guy. Um, you know, the Tarver fight. Uh, you know, I, I think the last fight could have gone either way at 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 heavyweight. Um, but now he's back at his, his best weight class. He's fighting a a guy that's you know it's a, had a great win with Huck. But we don't know we don't know that much about Glowowski. And and if Steve doesn't look good. Uh, in the fight, either win or, or lose very close, uh, I, I would think he has to take a good look at whether or not he wants to continue doing this. You know, he's got a great family and, a, you know, he's a very bright guy capable of of doing stuff uh, outside of the ring, um, you know, to make a living. I, I would certainly think that this is a do or die fight for him. I, I, I think that's a fair uh, description.
1: I always say that fighting in Brooklyn and New York, it's kind of like a graduation day. So being around Earl Spence this week, what has his demeanor been like? Is he ready for this big stage, or do you see the like, little rookies coming out?
5: You know, he's such a lazy I've got to get off in a minute because I'm, I'm actually with the, the people who, who made the Maravilla film. Um, The documentary that's now on Netflix and iTunes, shameless, shameless promotion for the film. But if you haven't seen the Maravilla documentary, it's on Netflix. We're having dinner at a place called Buenos Aires. So I got to sit down and and, and eat in a moment. But, um, you know, Spence's demeanor is so freaking laid back. Like the kid is like just a very respectful, sort of quiet, almost shy young man. Like I think Mm -hmm. that I'm sort of looking forward not only to see how he progresses as a fighter, but how, you know, his progression as a fighter Uh, is accompanied by, you know, maybe, like, uh, loosening up a little bit his persona. Um, You know, he's a very, very nice kid, but very, very laid back and very quiet. His demeanor never changes, you know, he's got, which I think maybe shows a lot about why he's such a great prospect. You know, he's just, you know, he's got tremendous confidence in his ability, and he just seems to always carry himself the same way, sort of humble and laid back and respectful and, you know, doesn't say too much. I think he's. I think he knows the importance of this fight. I don't think he's going to be lost in the in the lights. I think if he um, if he doesn't perform as well as people think, uh, I, I think it's just going to be uh, a matter of the fact that maybe Chris Algieri is a little bit better than people think. All right, real and quick, by the, pre- way, and by the way, Arum, since, since Aram keeps piping up with his political commentary. And by the way, I, I sort of have my doubt. You know, could, could Trump have robbed him? I think Trump could have robbed anybody. So I'm not <laughs> doubting that. But I, I would think that knowing Aram and Kathy Guva and their litigious natures, that if they really had a great case against Trump, they would have brought it. And hey, with, look, you have you
1: made your peace. <laughs> and with
5: respect to Hillary Clinton, feel the burn, people. Feel the burn.
1: <laughs> where, can we, where, can, where can we watch Maravilla?
5: Um, iTunes and Netflix. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty much on most of the on-demand platforms, but it's on iTunes right now, and you can also see it on Netflix. And I'm right. really, it's, i, I got to tell you, it's a, it was a beautifully made documentary. The guy who, um, Juan Pablo um, Canavera, who directed it, did an unbelievable job for four years of his life, really following the story around, and it, it's, a, is, it's a really, really good film. Is it
1: better and, than
5: Tapia? I'm sorry, ladies, I didn't hear you.
1: Is it better than Tapia?
5: You know, it's different. It's a very different kind of movie. I mean, I think Tapia was tremendously powerful of it. It's a very different movie. It it it's, it really gives you a sense of who Martinez is as a person, um, and I, and it gives you his backstory and introduces you to the people around him, his family, and and the struggle to get that Chavez fight and the struggle to get his title back when it was really ripped off of his his waist for no reason. Um, it, it's much more a movie about maneuvering the politics of boxing and how heartless the politics of boxing can be. Where Tapia is. The Tappy is much more uh you know, a man struggles with with his own demons and, and and a love story. So they're very they're very different, but you know, both worth watching. And uh All right. hope to see you in Brooklyn. All right. See you
1: Take soon, care. Lou. Bye. Bye All right, Lou Debella, Lou
5: Debella.
0: So Lou Debella wants to fill the burn and uh Aram is for Hillary. We gotta get Oscar de la Jolla in here to be the tiebreaker. While we're waiting for our guest, let's take one more caller. Let's take this caller from the 347. I know who this is. 347, you're on with the ruckus. Who am I speaking to?
4: Yo, RBJ, what's good? It's your boy, Mike Brooklyn, Jersey. What's poppin'? What's crackin'? What's going on?
0: What's up, Mike?
4: Man, I, I got to say salute to y'all because I was following y'all all last week in Vegas. I was like, oh, shit, y'all was cooking out there. Like, all the interviews they had were all oh, dope. My man Bo Mac putting his fingers in the candy jar and everything. Man, I was like, oh, shit, y'all was y'all was getting lit. I was like, oh, shit, y'all was doing y'all thing, though. So to salute to y'all, um, and I'm glad that um, Bob Arum gave him that, that, y'all that exclusive with that Mikey Garcia situation. That was dope, too.
1: And we were, I mean, we had to be like, come again. Like, you know, I literally wasn't sure if I heard him right when he said that. That was that was so cool, and to give us that, you know, everybody in there from like the major newspapers and everybody were like, how did you get him to tell you? I'm like, I didn't ask him. <laughs> right. I oh, all you got to-
4: and, yo, RB, I got to shout out your sister, too, because I saw her working in the background, too, throughout that whole joint, too. We got to give Turtle a shout-out, too. We can't forget about us. She was, she was doing a thing in the background behind the scenes, too. So shout-out oh, to you, Turtle. You was, you was doing work, too. I was grinding. I was dope. But, um, you know, this this Bradley fight, man, he messed up my buzz and everything. Man, like, what are you doing? Because I was going for Bradley to win, because, you know, I don't like Pacquiao. You already know that. I was full for Bradley, but he seems as though he goes back to the same old Tim Bradley and then every time he gets hit with something big, he's always in like an awkward stance. His footwork is he's just always awkward. I mean, so what do you what do you think next for Bradley or uh, Pacquiao? What do you think?
1: Well I I think you know, in talking to Jesse Vargas, he really still wants Bradley rematched and I now it actually makes sense. I think if Bradley would have beat Pacquiao, it probably wouldn't have made as much sense, right? right. But now that he took the L at Pacquiao, I'm okay with seeing the Jesse Vargas rematch. I mean, look, there's a lot of guys at 147 that, that cannot beat Tim Bradley. So whether you like Manny Pacquiao or not, he, he's a special fighter and he got right. his number. But I don't think a lot of 147s would beat Tim Bradley.
0: Mm. I agree.
4: You no, know, I you're right about that. You know, it, there's a you know, it's throughout boxing history there's always a guy that always had somebody's number. I remember when, when the late great burned forest he beat Shane Mosley twice. And I believe Whitney Wright beat Bernie Forest twice if I'm not mistaken. So throughout boxing there's always been times where somebody just had somebody else's number. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Jermaine Taylor beat um but now Hawkins too, so I mean before he went off the deep end I believe that happened too. So and, and, and boxing these things comes in waves and cycles. So Pacquiao he did his thing. So um I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend's weekend fight's coming up in Brooklyn. Yeah,
1: you gonna
4: be no nah, I'm a, I'm gonna be, you know, I'm working. I'm working on um, you know, I'm working on, you know, buying my house and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna be I gotta work. I gotta about to pay soon well, pay this mortgage soon so you know i gotta uh, work
1: well you know i'm only asking because you know we just had Bella on and he said you know the tickets are moving it's not going to sell out you know a lot of people still don't know earl central like that so keep your eyes and ears open out in brooklyn because you know what happens at the last minute they start giving away a rack of free tickets so just keep your eyes and ears open and, and you plug
4: no doubt yeah, y'all ladies, y'all keep grinding, man. Oh, y'all keep grinding, keep doing your thing. You know, I've been supporting, you know, the ruckus, the bad calls today. I'm day one, you know, from Tuesday night from two years ago. Y'all just and y'all just keep going to new heights and to, and telling you the breakthrough is coming. I feel it. I feel the breakthrough coming. And when it comes I'm gonna be shouting for them both of y'all for real. All right, thank you. Yeah, so We're
1: gonna for be in there. Brooklyn stand up.
4: That's <laughs> <You> right. <laughs>
1: we we're gonna make it out to New York this year and, and Trust and believe. Jay is coming with me, so keep your head, keep your eyes open for probably June.
4: No doubt.
1: All right. Thanks, Mike.
0: Yeah, man, boy, we on fire tonight. Our switchboard, my God, I can't even touch the keyboard because there's just so many people trying to call in the queue. Uh, wow. Let's we go now, Rb. We got. I don't know. Let's look at the the weekend. What's coming up besides that? Uh, Errol Spence versus Chris Algieri. We talked about that card. Also happening this weekend, we got Gary Russell Jr. versus Patrick Highland for a Russell's WBC featherweight title. Jose Pedraza is going to fight against uh, Steven Smith for Pedraza's IBF junior lightweight title. So we got that fight coming up on Showtime. That's a good card too. Two title fights headline in the card. Chad Dawson's even on that card. So hey, he's not. Part, I don't know if he's part of the Bronx, but he's on that card too.
1: Let's talk about those fights out in Connecticut. So you have Gary Russell Jr. headlining on Showtime. And then you got Jose Pedraza, the sniper from Puerto Rico, on the card. And you haven't really heard of Pete. You know, and it, at this point, it's just that kid has gone to like Bolivian somewhere. You know, it's, you just don't see him out. He's not active on social media. He's a good fighter. But that card has flown under the radar on the flip side, though, apparently Foxwood said that it's sold out. And I think the venue holds about 2,000 people. But Lou DiBella, love him or hate him, he put a lot of local fighters on that card that sold a lot, a lot of tickets. So he was really smart by doing that because I don't think it sold out because of Adraza and I don't think it sold out for Gary Russell Jr. either. But Friday night, Jay, in L.A., in your backyard, there's going to be a yeah. banger. A carazen, uh, yeah. Talk about that. That's- that is a hot, hot
0: fight right there. If you want to see two guys just brutalize each other to death, if it goes the distance, it's going to be a great one. Hey, Su Sotokaris versus Yoshihiro Kamagai. Woo! That's 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 a banger. If you're that fight fan that wants to see an all-out war, not a true war, how many times do we see an interview where the fighter gets on, and, yes, we're going to bring it out to the ring, it's going to be a war? Nah, this going to be a war if you want to see a fight that's going to go just ape that's the fight of the weekend of course that fight's being brought to you by Oscar De La Hoya's Golden Boy Promotions it is going to be on Estrella TV our man Doug Fisher is probably going to be on the call with Steve Steve Kim also on the card Vietja slup versus Derek Finley that's a nice little fight right there we got Janera Gameth versus versus Archie Way I don't know how much of this if the whole cards on the Australia TV thing, I don't know, but that's that's a good card right there. That is a banger, banger, banger. But unfortunately, I've been so overwhelmed and and with our prep, I'm not going to be at the fight because I'm retarded and I missed the credential deadline. So I'll be watching it from home. I'm really really bummed, but I will be watching. Just I'll be watching from home.
1: All right. Well, I will too. Yeah.
0: All right we'll we'll watch together, so let shoot let's pick up a man, let's pick up another caller y'all are in it full effect, let's pick this up looks like Detroit, three one, three, two, four, seven. The console is connecting, so you will be on in just a moment, three, one, three, two, four, seven, Just hang in there, you're about to get picked up and be live on the ruckus podcast. I'm all, hello? 313-247? 3, 3, you rocking with us?
6: Oh, what's up? No, I'm just listening.
0: Oh, okay. Well, so, oh, okay. Well, d- well, who are we listening to? Who are we talking
6: to? Uh, I was hoping to catch the, the Dominic Wade uh, interview, but I guess I'm too late. Yeah. Oh, no,
1: yeah, you're no, not too late. Right. Yeah, we're, huh? we're, still waiting for Dom- we're still waiting for Dominic Wade to call in, too. Apparently, he had a tough workout. He got home, and we're hoping to get him by the end of the hour. If not, We'll probably have to catch up with him Friday morning. So we're, we're still trying to get him on tonight.
6: Oh, that's what's up, then. I'll, I'll, I'll be listening in. <laughs> I'm a big I'll fan. Put will back in the queue.
1: Excellent.
6: Thank
0: you. All right. So we got fans. Yeah, Dominic Wade. We, we, yo, yo peeps. the streets want to hear from you. The streets want to hear from Dominic Wade. So
1: yeah.
0: I know, I know. So that was
1: Detroit. Hey.
0: Detroit stand up Motor City. We love You know, I'm
1: having some issues with my Twitter. I'm not able to tweet. I can't do it from my phone or my laptop. So we're still here, y'all, but I can't send anything out. Oh, okay. I'm glad
0: you said that. I thought it was just me because when we were talking about Ray Flores, I was trying to send a link to the Ray Flores and my tweet deck froze. So bad culture, if you can't find the bad culture, uh, YouTube channel, and you want to see all the phenomenal, fantastic, authentic, hilarious, informative content that RB and I produced last week live from Vegas from Pacquiao Bradley. Go to badculture.net in the upper right-hand corner. Make sure you click the Bad Culture TV icon. It will take you directly to the YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Tomorrow, I'm going to be out at Ortiz's Media Day, Victor Ortiz. You know Victor Ortiz is oh. going to give us something interesting.
1: And talking about Victor Ortiz, he's going to go out there tomorrow. And uh, not to let the out the bag, but we're supposed to have Victor Ortiz on our show next week. So fingers crossed. You know, as long as everything is confirmed, we're going to have Victor Ortiz for you guys next week. And boy, are we going to have a ton of fun with him. Can you imagine the direction that we're going to go in with Victor Ortiz? We don't even want to talk oh about God. boxing. Like, we want to talk about baseball. We want to talk about all that other stuff. I'm
0: putting my face lube on right now while we even talking about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing Vic Ortiz tomorrow at media day. And we definitely going to get, I'm not taking no for an answer. I'm going to see Victor Ortiz tomorrow and be like, hey, Vic, you want a commercial? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But we're going to get Victor Ortiz next week. We're going to do our best. If the man is available and the schedule permits, we're going to bring you Victor Ortiz because you know he's going to have plenty to talk about. He's he's a fun dude. He's a fun dude. Let's see. Let's look at uh, any news stories that broke this week. Uh, We finally got uh, Tyson Fury versus Vladimir Klitschko 2 has finally been confirmed today. That was uh, floating out in the universe. Uh, The Arroyo-Ancahes fight has been canceled. Title status under medical review. I haven't had a chance to read the full story, but I'm just looking at some headlines. RB&I did the show in Spadafora who has the domestic incident with the woman, with the bar. I don't know what happened with him, but he might be facing more charges from that. Anthony Joshua's first title defense could happen as soon as June. That kid is active. Let's talk about Anthony Joshua, oh, who just, let's
1: talk about my that. God. Woo. Yo. First of all, you know, let's let's talk. He He looks great. He is what a heavyweight fighter should look like. From Absolutely. head to foot, and he performed really well. A lot of people didn't give Charles Martin a shot, but Joshua did what he had to do, and he did it in spectacular fashion. And they're going to keep him active. Yeah. And word on the word is that Steven Espinosa that Showtime is really looking to ink him um, for the rest of his career to have him show That's on that picture. That kid's probably going to get a network deal now.
0: Man, he is quite a specimen my and let me just give a shout out to boxing twitter you guys showed no mercy for (laughs) charles martin's outfit yo and then the the two subsequent knockdowns after that twitter showed no mercy but joshua specimen he went in there and he did what he was supposed to do if he struggled a little bit longer i would have been like "Mm, i'm not so sure but we we did our predictions on the show. RB and I both said that Martin was going to be out of there in under five. We've had him on the show. He's a cool guy. It's nothing personal, but we just knew he was going to get molly whopped, and that's what happened.
1: But you know what? Kudos for him. daring to be great. You know, he went okay. over there. He defended his belt, and, um, you know, it was probably the shortest game in yeah. heavyweight history. But, no, that's right. okay. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Anthony Joshua. Definitely looking forward to seeing more of him today. Um, you know, you know what, RB?
0: I think our show is so lit we broke Twitter. I tried going on Twitter just the regular web base, and it says something's wrong. I think we crashed Twitter. We broke Twitter. We broke the internet, RB.
1: But you know, it's crazy. I'm looking at my timeline, and I see people live tweeting about things, and I'm like, why can't we tweet? Is it something to do with us being connected on the show? I mean, what's going on here? That, I mean, we were tweeting just fine earlier. Uh, but now that Anthony Johnson there was another fight on that card and it was the Philly fighter Eric Hunter versus Lee Selby and mm. what did it show that out to be because it was actually a good fight and Eric Hunter instead of just holding his head up high uh, decided to throw a tantrum in the ring. Actually, I think we have somebody in the queue I think Sarah is in there Jay um, she could actually talk to us more about what happened with Eric Hunter over there in London she can give us some Some of the behind
0: the scenes. Do you see her there to pick her up? Let's see. Let's see. Let's look in the queue. Let's look in the queue. Let
1: me see. Let's see. What's what's her area? What's her her, her area code? 718,
0: Jay. Oh, okay. We got the 718. Let me pick her up. Pick her up. 718419, you're on with the ruckus. Who are we speaking to?
2: Hello, ladies. It's Serafina. Hey. hey, I just want to say first first of all, I just want to say I love what you ladies are doing, and you make me so proud. Um, oh. Just to be a female in the sport and to to you know recognize your knowledge of the sport is just um, I'm sitting here like in awe, like wow, these ladies really know what they're talking about, you know. So it's it's awesome to just have that, you know. And um, I just want to congratulate the both of you.
1: Uh, thank you so Thanks. much. And we, we, look, we've been watching you too. You have been all over the damn country, nationally, internationally. I'm like this girl don't sleep, she don't eat. I don't know what she's doing oh, over. But me, you are- <laughs> <of> the <laughs> so anyway, tell us what you're doing over at Greg Cohen Promotions. You're signing a bunch of guys, um, and then we'll 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 touch on Eric Hunter a little later.
2: Um. Yeah. Um. I'm currently the VP of operations over there, and
1: uh, we're just looking for young, um,
2: hungry talent, guys that, that, you know, that I feel that um, are going to be something, and and maybe even guys that have been overlooked, you know, um, like the Eric Hunters. um, He was somebody that I thought, you know, I was like, hey, you know, he has two DQs. One of them was kind of iffy. The other one, yeah, I was there for that when I worked for Gary Shaw. Um, and that was you know, it was a good call. But um, you know, I, I want the guys that, that can fight for titles and can win them. Um but yeah, I'm I, I'm looking to revamp the company. I'm looking to you know, Greg is Greg is a great promoter. Greg has um really, really great uh relationships with the sanctioning bodies. He gets fair judging. Um, he's one of the promoters that really take a great interest in his in his fighters he takes care of him and and it makes it feel like family um for example like when he had Austin Trout like he took Austin from basically a no name guy and took him to the title um but you know that that was just one instance but we have we have a lot of fighters that are up and coming Jarrell, Big Baby Miller we have Barroso fighting Crola May 7th wow. um Sarah, we so we, gotta, we, you know, we had Antoine Douglas. Unfortunately, he took a really terrible loss uh, recently, but I think he'll bounce back. Eric,
1: um, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, two, two things. We have to talk about this big baby mama's boy, Miller, whatever, the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah come yeah, yeah. on. Play. Come on. The last fight in Tucson, I could barely watch him in the ring. His, his diaper was so little. Oh my god! Yeah, that is—it's a problem. It's, it's a, a problem. Big problem. It's not like it's not a trunk. I mean, I get his whole thing, and I think it's funny, and but I think he could like at least get the, you know, get it to fit him. You know what I'm saying? You no, know, like,
2: I I really would love him to wear some trunks. You know, some, <laughs> some you know I I would love that, but you know, guys are setting their ways and whatever works for them. If he keeps knocking guys out, I don't care if he wears a tutu. <laughs> I don't care what he wears. <laughs> you know, listen, um,
1: you brought up, you brought up Antoine Douglas, and you know he showed so much heart, so much will, such a warrior spirit. You know that everybody wants to see him again. They want to see him come back. You know they're they're rooting for him even more now. And then sure, you got a sure. like Aaron Hunter in London, who did the exact opposite right. of what Antoine Douglas did in defeat. And you know, where does Eric Hunter go from here? He was a really poor sport in the rank. He was a sore loser. Where does he go from here? I mean, he blamed everybody Eric, Eric,
2: himself. Eric needs to do some reflecting.
1: Um
2: and and he really needs to, you know, um reevaluate his game plan. Um, he needs to know who's on his team. Um, I don't think that really understands um the other side of the sport. Um, he doesn't understand our role as promoters and managers, and and being outside of the ring and what it takes. It's it's just as much our responsibility to do our job as it is his to do his job in the ring. And when you treat your team and your promoter and uh, all the the fans with disrespect. It's kind of hard to move in a positive direction
1: after that. Yeah. Um, and even the fans, it's hard to win the fans back when you go, right. over, you know, to the other side. And then that's how you represent American fighters. You know, it's like, man. That's, I mean,
2: that's you know, the we, we, were at the, we were at the press conference.
1: And he says one sentence the
2: whole time when Eddie Hearn asked him, you know, a question about the fight. He says, I'm just here to fight. And the whole time he's on his cell phone, he's got his shades on. And <laughs> it's just you know, it's just it's just a respect thing. Um, Matchroom treated us great. You know, they you know yeah, I mean there were he didn't do he didn't get his media work out. Okay. But I mean, the media wasn't there to see him. Yeah. You know, they were there to see Selby, they were there to see the UK uh, the UK boxers. I mean, I get that he was upset, you know. But we came in that same day. What are you going to hop off the plane from flying twelve hours or however long it was to go work out? Yeah, you know. And he was there to win a world
1: championship. He was not there to win a world
2: championship. And it's just, um, it it was, you know, it 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 upset me, um, just the way that he acted. You know, mm-hmm. the way you know, because. Because like we were speaking about earlier, um, you you need to be gracious in in taking your loss. And Eric put on a a great fight. You it was a good fight. It was it was a scrappy fight. There were, I would say, two knockdowns. I think one of the knockdowns that when he knocked down Selby the second time, I don't think it was a slip. I think it was a knockdown. Um, he was getting rolled by the ref a little bit, you know, and it was a tough tough thing for him, but. But you know what? If he were to just ask, after the fight say, "Hey, man, good fight, be a good sport," I think they'd have him back. Yep. With without an issue and without and he would have gained some fans in the UK.
1: Right.
2: You know. Right. But right. how he acted, he he wanted to get out of the ring before the fight was even over, um, or before they you know announced the winner.
1: Um, it just
2: it didn't sit well with everybody.
1: Well, and then, you know, he goes on Twitter, and then he goes on Facebook, and he's crying, and he's bitching, and he was just so not graceful about the whole thing. So, look, I know you were really trying to help us tonight to get Dominic Wade on, so if you could just tell our listeners what's going on. I mean, can we try to get him another day? Was he training late? You know, what's the story with Dominic Wade? Yeah, Dominic
2: Dominic was training late today. I know that he's doing a lot of strength and conditioning stuff now, and, and it's, you know, it's crunch time, so... Um, I think that he's just kind of overwhelmed with the team. You know, they're having camp meetings and this sort of thing, so it's kind of hard to determine the time for him to work out. I thought the later the better, but I guess he had a late start today. And um, But we'll try to get him on another day. You, you were talking about Friday. I'll see if, if uh, he can, you know, we can schedule something for them. But, you know, we all know he has a lot on his plate, a lot going on. Um, and, you know, he's never been on a stage like this before. You know, this is this is a special time for him. Um, I don't really know what's going through his mind. I don't know what he's dealing with. I just know that it could be a lot for him. It could be overwhelming. And I, I know this fight came very suddenly, and I, I can only imagine the stress that he's going through. So, um, right. you know, everybody deals with things differently. You know, yeah. um, and we'll just see how he reacts to that stage come fight night because I've heard it's going to be a sold out, uh, sold out show, and that's that's a huge stage, and and it's not just DC watching anymore; it's the world watching.
1: Yeah, you know the Mexicans—they come out in California to that guy.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, but my black definitely. ass is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll be oh in the house. God. Y'all coming? Y'all coming to my hood? Y'all coming to Inglewood? I'ma be in the house. I'm looking forward to seeing you, Sarah. I have to hug you and dap you up and Likewise. and give you the props Likewise. for all Absolutely.
2: your work that you're doing. Absolutely. But you know what? I'm I have faith in Dominic. You know, I I I think that um you know he's gonna shock the world come fight night. Dominic Dominic can punch. Um to see if he if if he does it, man. I'm you know, I'll put a little bit of money on it.
1: <laughs> okay, well better you. All right, well Sarah, look, All right. enjoy the week few night with knowing you're you're in New York and it's late. Um you'll get to see Jay next week in California. I won't be out there but I'm sure me and you will link up some other time.
2: All right. Absolutely. We'll Thank soon. you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to both of you. Likewise. Have a great right. night.
1: Take care Sarah.
0: I- All right. Man, we on fire. We are cooking here on the ruckus. Man, we had a show scheduled. We got everybody. We got one more guest who's supposed to be calling in. We're going to see if he's able to free himself. I'm not going to say who it is because if he can't call, I don't want to give myself the womp, womp, womp. So we'll see if we'll get this other guest. But wow, boxing is really getting exciting right now.
1: Yeah. The, I got a little word on the curb. I mean, we kind of put it out there uh, when we were in Vegas and it was a little bit about Miguel Cotto. And we had said the week before that he was probably going to fight Diego Chavez in June. And then a few days later, from what I understand is that he's going to bypass June because he is really, really gung-ho in wanting to fight Canelo. He wants a rematch with Canelo and he just doesn't feel that he can get up for a Diego Chavez. He just, he just doesn't physically Why
6: fuck you lying. Why are you always
1: lying? <laughs> now he what I think up. is happening what I think is happening is that, you know, when he signed to Rock Nation, they they guaranteed him a bunch of money. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rock Nation said, Look, dude, we're not giving you a quadrillion dollars to fight Diego Chavez. So on this one, you know, you're gonna have to do, take this. And Kodo, you can't mess with his money. Hold up you only want me to take what? Perfect. So I think he mm-hmm. just pumped the brakes and said, look, I'm not going to get up for this kid. I'm definitely not going to take short money to fight this guy. So just go ahead and keep on working on trying to get me that Canelo rematch. And that's what he's really banging on and, and hoping for. Mm. Yeah.
6: I
4: broke um, my back. Your back, back is broken. What's final?
1: What? <laughs> oh, words. Curb. I was going to save it for the morning show, but since we're trying to kill time here, is that uh, the return of DSG, the return of James Smith Garcia, it looks like, and it's being projected for August, and it looks like he's going to return back to Brooklyn, which is, you know, kind of his second home. Um, it is his boxing home. I don't think he's ever fought in Philly except for on some little undercards maybe coming up. <laughs> in the pros. So it looks like he'll be back in Brooklyn in August. There's been no set date. There's no set opposition. However, we broke it to you guys a few weeks ago during word on the curb that he will most likely get the winner of Andre Berto versus Victor Ortiz. I, I know I wish I had better stuff. I'm trying to think. Uh, oh no, uh, no. Your
0: stuff is fine. It's, it, it it's what you're reporting. You're fine. It's, it, <laughs> Why would he want the winner of Berto Ortiz? So you got Danny Swift Garcia, who says he represents all Latinos. Keno. He represents all Latinos. So if he fights Victor Ortiz, I'm guessing they're going to fight here in California again. If he fights Andre Berto, are they fighting in the Bay? We know he ain't fighting in Philly. So let's just say Uh, Andre Berto wins
1: the fight. Where are you going to fight at? no this is this is the Danny Garcia show. no matter who wins or loses he's gone he's fighting in Brooklyn, so whoever wins, they're oh. going to Brooklyn. Andre Berto nor Victor Ortiz is a shot caller, so they're gonna to have to go on the road. Danny is the man uh, i yeah, I think it's gonna be one of them. I'm what pretty do, sure what do you it's
0: think our just between us and and everybody listening and everybody's going to download the show after this, if you had to put the ticket sellers against each other, Danny, Danny Swift outsells Victor
1: Ortiz. Well, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether people want to believe it or not, when Danny fights in Brooklyn, thousands of people go to his fights. When he fought Robert Guerrero in California, in LA, That place had, what, 8,000, 9,000 people there?
0: It was packed.
1: People come out, whether they like him or they don't. They come out. They want to see him lose. They want to see him win. You know, the more that people talk about him and slander him, the more people want to watch him. You know, that's why his ratings always do good. The same exact thing with Adrian Broner. We could all talk about him and say this and this, but we tune in to watch him. And if if he's coming to your city, you're going to go watch him fight.
0: Yeah, I know I'm a watch. If he's coming to my city, I'm definitely going to watch. So we will see. We will wait to see what the outcome of this fight is. Let's see. Wow, we're still killing time. Let's see what we can talk about, if there's anything that I found interesting this week. We talked Tyson Fury. We talked last week's car. We talked this week's car. We talked Terrence Crawford. um, we got Freddie Roach saying that Terence Crawford versus Victor Postol's a fifty-fifty fight. That may be, but it ain't gonna be a fifty-fight, fifty-fifty fight if there's no fight. So, is there a contract? I don't know. But Freddie Roach says that uh, it's gonna be a fifty-fifty fight. Uh, Steve Cunningham says he's gonna, he's still committed to filing a lawsuit against Antonio Tarver. Um, hey, we had tar- we had Steve Cunningham on our show and we talked about that. So it looks like he's going to push forward the, with filing the lawsuit against Tarver. Have we heard anything else about Tarver's sample when he turned all the way up on the morning show with us about that?
1: I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Jay?
0: Have we heard any uh, any updates from Antonio Tarver or about his B sample or what's happening he, with him with his testing or what's the deal?
1: You know, I haven't heard anything except for he did write me a message on Facebook uh he called what spike card was that was that Broner yeah the Broner Theophane card he was one of the commentators and I made a snarky comment on my Facebook and I said you know this was like the love and hip-hop version of boxing tonight you know we got Broner who's gonna be like in handcuffs tomorrow and then we had all this other drama and we still and we still have a two-time steroid user doing the commentary and I said that and he read it and he said, you know, I resent that And God is going to strike back And, you know, I will be proven You know, not guilty And, you know, he went on this big tangent And then he deleted it So, that, that's the last I've heard from Tarver He's still saying that he's being set up It was the Illuminati You know, it was all types of shit
0: Shame on you, R.B. You're so selfish <laughs> So Man, let's see. Uh let's see if any messages from our guests. No, nothing from our guests. I see someone in the queue, but they haven't pressed one, so I don't want to pick them up and have them say, hey, I'm just listening to the show. I don't want to scare them area? and pick them up.
1: What's the area? Say, our, What's the area? 504. Oh, five oh
0: four Louis- That's Louisiana. That's uh, down uh, in the boot.
1: Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Well, you know, what I will say is this. We we had a really good show lined up for Dominic Wade. We would always welcome him back. We wanted to talk about his amateur background. And, you know, since he didn't get to call in, I'm going to actually talk a little bit about him so that anybody who is listening could just know more about this kid because nobody really knows about him. He's not the most popular fighter. He's been inactive for almost a year. He's an Al Heyman fighter, and we were going to actually ask him that. Like, how are you an Al Heyman fighter? You've got 3,068 and 60.5 shows a year, and you you haven't fought in a year. So we were going to ask him a little bit about his inactivity, um, but he did win seven junior titles in the amateurs, and that did tie Oscar De La Hoya's record for the most national championships as a junior. So a lot of people don't know that. So while everybody's out there, banging the Golovkin amateur drum. You know, Wade has a pretty savvy amateur background as well. He fought notable guys like Danny Jacobs, Willie Monroe, Sean Porter. And I actually believe in one of the Olympic trials fights against Sean Porter, he knocked down Porter, lost the fight, and Porter moved on into the Olympics, and and that's who beat out Wade. Um, He had some tough fights early on. He faced some adversity early on with the Sean Johnson who we saw just gave Jesse Hart a hell of a fight a few weeks ago. But Wade was also knocked down by Johnson. He got back up, persevered there. Um, sparring in Philly, uh, what else do we know about him? His strength and conditioning coach, he hired Tony Brady. If you don't remember the name, Tony Brady was doing strength and conditioning with Andre Ward. And here's some tea that I don't know much about, Jay, that we need to find out more about is that for whatever reason, Tony Brady did not work with Andre Ward on his last fight. And he was with Andre Ward for years. Mm. And Andre Ward, American, yeah. Andre Berto, the three of them have now hired Luis Garcia, who is also Amnemadis' strength and conditioning trainer. You know, that real good looking Mexican with the, with the light eyes? Yeah.
6: Mm, okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: So, that, <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> Tony Brady is in D.C. doing strength and conditioning with Dominic Ward. Now, I I will say word on the curb is that Dominic Wade for many, many years has, has cheated the grind and he Mm. hasn't been the most dedicated. He hasn't been the most focused. He has gotten in trouble at least a dozen times. You know, we're not going to get into all that. All you got to do is look up his name and you'll see his public record, but you know, he's been in a lot of trouble here and there, you know, you can't cheat the grind. And so with this camp, I heard that he's kind of going all in, but the problem is is that, you know, too little, too late. You can't just step up for one fight. You know, you either got to be a full-time fighter or not. So we're, we're going to have to see how this plays out with Govlovkin. Uh, you know, we we also do know, Jay, that he blows up in weight. When he's not fighting in between fights, we heard that he gets as high as 200 pounds. Woo! That's he's a big
0: good. boy. That's a big boy. Man, you yeah. fighting that one See, 40 pounds is not a little bit of weight, and ay, 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 40 pounds is a lot. Maybe that's why he's been inactive, because that's a lot of weight to lose. I know I could stand yeah. lose fold in myself, so, yeah, and doing say, that as say, a professional fighter. Yikes.
1: They say he's a food junkie, so he blows up to, like, 200 pounds when he's not fighting, and, you know, at the 30-day weigh-in, Golovkin came in at, like, 164.5, and then, Freaking Dominic Wade was, like, 176.5. I said, oh, my God, this dude still got, like, 16 pounds to lose. So, if you right. remember the 30-day weigh-in, Dominic Wade was on the heavy side. I think he was around 175, uh, 176. So, I'm I sure it hasn't been easy for him to have to cut all this weight. And like Sarafina said earlier, this fight kind of just happened. You know, because right. we all know Coriano Johnson was supposed to get the fight. And what happened, Jay? We were supposed to have him on the show. And what happened?
0: He broke his back. His back is broken, spinal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they pulled him off the show. He got hurt. He had to pull out of the Golovkin running. And and that's how Dominic Wade actually ended up with the fight. They had to go back to the IBF rankings, and Dominic Wade was the next one in line. So that all kind of happened real quick. We heard he's really good friends with Adrian Broner. We wanted to talk to him about Broner. We're not going to get to talk about Broner with him. Um, And then the other little bit of news, and, you know, we were going to try to be really nice about this, Jay. We were really going to try to skim over this and not make a big deal about it. Uh, But there's been some training video of Dominic Wade that came out of Maryland, and he was wearing an ankle bracelet. He had on some Mm -hmm. hardware. He had on an ankle monitor. And me and Jay were like, ooh, you know, we're going to have to ask him about that on the show, because how the hell is he going to go to California if he's on house arrest? So, right. little birdie told me today that they actually did take the ankle bracelet off today, and he got the green light, everything is a go, he'll be in LA next week to fight Gennady Golovkin.
0: Yes, so he will be there. For those of you who are listening to the show wondering what the hell happened to Twitter,
1: we've just been <laughs> for well, I, somebody...
0: Somebody told me in the background that Twitter went down because my man is playing his final game tonight in Los Angeles. The Black Mamba broke Twitter. Kobe Bryant broke Twitter tonight, so that's what happened to Twitter. I'm rocking out with you guys. I'm at home taping the Black Mamba's final game. So, yeah, that's what happened to Twitter. If you're wondering why we not tweeting, it's because uh, Kobe broke it. So that's why we not tweeting because you know me and RB like to get our tweet on.
1: Is that really
0: gonna happen? Yeah, yeah. It's so many tweets that are going right now because of Kobe's final game that is shut it down. Shut it down. So Kim Kardashian is not naked. Kobe Bryant shut down Twitter tonight. So it's back up in some places, but my Twitter is not working in LA. LA is probably the worst. I've been doing my own little Kobe tribute all day long. So This
1: is not Once happening. again.
0: The Ruckus Podcast. It's me, your girl Jay. It's your girl RB. We in Inglewood. We in Phoenix. We out here in these streets. We talking boxing. We talking to the people. And that's what we do. We love the sport. Passionate, authentic, raging babes flying by the seat of our pants. Thelma and Louise without the driving off the cliff. So we're here talking <laughs> about boxing.
1: But we will shoot for each other, okay? I, so yeah, I think I'm that's right. it. I mean, unless you want to hang on, I think we can wrap up. I think everybody's watching nope. whatever game this is that you're talking about. Bitter, you know, Twitter broke. We'll, we'll make sure to tweet out the link later and some other highlights from tonight. Jay is also working on a phenomenal recap video from Pacquiao oh. Bradley. weekend. You guys are going to love it. You're going to laugh. You're going to press play at least three or four times. I guarantee you we're just going to give you a little taste of, you know, what we experienced in Vegas and we want to bring it to you and hopefully it'll make everyone smile.
0: Yes, we will. So we thank you for listening to another edition of the Ruckus Podcast. We'll be back next week. Make sure you look for the announcement of the next Punch In Morning Show with R B and J, bringing you the latest. You think we on fire at night? Wait till we come back on in the morning. Ha ha ha! So we'll be back with more. Wait a minute, whose number is this? I almost feel like I should answer it Oh no, they hung up Okay, maybe I won't answer it I saw a mystery number and I thought, ooh, maybe I should answer it Might be Mike Tyson, I don't know But <laughs> alright, we're going to call We're going to wrap it up So thank you everybody for listening And we will be back soon With the Morning Punch and Show Watch our Twitter, it'll be back up eventually And have a great night
6: This is Harold Letterman And thank you for
3: listening to Bad Culture Radio Thank <laughs> you.